And we're back. You are listening to See Through Panel. My name is Cole Harvey. I am here with Fahed Rahman. Hello, everyone. Today we're going to be talking about Strange Skies Over East Berlin, a uh, serialized comic book from Boom Studios written by Jeff Loveness and illustrated by Lissandro Esteren. Fahed, why don't you tell him what's up? Uh, Strange Skies Over East Berlin. A uh, chilling and intense thriller about an American spy who, encount- who encounters a terrifying inhuman threat at the heart of the Cold War. East Berlin, 1973. Herring, a disillusioned American spy, has spent the entire Cold War infiltrating the inner circle of the East German intelligence for a cause he barely believes in anymore. He's seen everything and done every- anything uh, his uh, government has asked. But his latest mission pits the brilliant, embittered operative against an enemy force so vast it could obliterate all of humanity. Um, the space race had a, had greater consequences than even the Soviets uh, could have guessed. And when they sent the first few, first humans into the stars, something not quite human followed them back. When a mysterious alien probe lands outside East Berlin and into the Soviet control, Americans send their top spies to investigate. But hearing as Herring get closer to the truth at the heart of the conspiracy, he may find that the power he does so desperately seeks is too dangerous for anyone to control or contain. Um, so I think we need to kind of go straight into spoilers. I mean, that description is quite spoilery already. Yeah. Um, so I, this was one of my recommendations. And the reason why I chose it is because it was on NetGalley and it just seemed like a intriguing um, story. And I think kind of the best way for me to describe it is like, um, it's kind of the Ipcris files meets the thing. That's how I, okay. I, 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 that's how I would describe it. What did you, um, uh, what did you kind of, what, what, what were your um, initial thoughts about it? Um, I had heard about this when it was coming out, but I never read it. Uh, I figured it was like a, like a sci-fi thriller, which it kind of is. Um, I knew it was about the divide of Berlin. So like in 1973, this takes place or something like that. Yes. Yeah. Uh, I knew it was, yeah, I knew it was going to be East Berlin, but I pretty much didn't know anything else. I didn't know if it was going to lean sci-fi or horror or what, but it clearly, if we're doing spoilers, uh, it's both. <laughs> it leans yes. both sci-fi or horror. Yeah. Yes, it's um, yeah, it's kind of um, there are a lot of different layers to the story, so it kind of starts off like a um, spy, sp- uh, a spy, spy thriller. He's um, he's east in East Berlin, and kind of one of the key moments that affects the rest of the story is that um, he's trying to help. What's the correct word? I'm looking for some dissidents uh, climb over the wall, and that that attempt uh, ends badly, and kind of. Uh, uh, I think the the Soviet uh, Soviet um, uh, main spy catcher. He's not too sure whether this guy's seen him or not, and then he's kind of sent um, to find out about this uh, glowing red beam that's a kind of shot over the the, the skies of um, East Berlin. I thought that was really really fun when uh, right at the beginning it sets up an interesting like tension. Because when Kiner, the yeah, the guy who's really good at catching spies, he may or may not have seen his face, is really good tension because you don't know every other time you see Kiner now, you don't know if he's like trying to catch him or if he already knows or what. I yes, that was very good. There is um, 
one thing kind of I would say kind when I when you look at the cover of at least the cover of the um the trade paperback it's kind of this very moody kind of sci-fi thing and then when you kind of go to the first page I'm not saying that the art is kind of like um you know this thing that we talked about before where kind of like the interior arts are quite a bit diff- different to what you keep expecting yeah. if you opened up the cover it's it's very 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 um um nice uh nice art though but um yes i think that that kind of initial tension that's um set up between um herring and kleiner is kind of something that runs all the way through kind of the story um I'd, have you ever watched the tv sh- uh, show the americans i have not i've heard of it okay though. yes it is <sighs> It's one of my main complaints in life. First world problem that not enough people um, have watched the Americans. So for me, that's kind of like the very top tier of um, espionage drama. It's kind of like you know, when you know people talk about um, uh, kind of these um, comedies and kind of you know they, they always talk about how Spinal Tap's at the best. So for me, kind of like the Americans at the best, you know, best thing you can get. So when I initially read it as well, I was kind of a, a bit derivative kind of, you know, um, this spy is kind of fed up with his lot in life, but um, it, it quickly kind of moves on from that. So it actually over, it did a very um, good thing in kind of overcoming an initial hurdle I had of kind of not being, being the Americans, if you see what I mean. Yeah, I think so. Um, so it's nice to have that like little bit of, um, like twist in there, like something to set it apart. You mean? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Something to set it apart. Um, kind of because a lot of the internal initial internal, um, dialogue, that's kind of, if you're familiar with like the spy genre oeuvre, it's, um, something you've probably come across before kind of like this, you know, James Bond kind of like this bitter, um, spy that's kind of fed up with what his, um, taskmasters are setting him to do. Yeah, yeah, that's very true. I never thought of him as like a like a all that capable person. I kind of thought of him as like a person who's been faking it for so long that people think he's capable. Yes, I think that's um I think that's actually if you know going further into I think that's probably something that's actually probably very true. He he comes across as someone who's quite frightened all the time. Yeah, he does. Yeah, I like that a lot. It's like he's trying to do his job with this other I guess Stasi agent Kiner and, but he knows Kiner's better at this and Kiner actually believes in the, in the, um, what should I say? He kind of believes in what they're doing and, and, and this, what is this main character's name? I completely forgot. Herring. 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 I don't think they mention him by name too often. So I don't think, I mean, I only remember him being called Herring because I've just literally read the, um, description of the book. Yeah. I, I yeah I think I just reread like half of the first issue before I jumped on here. And yeah. I don't think they said his name at all. I guess it's not really a big plot point, but yeah, yeah I thought it was set apart pretty well. I haven't seen a ton of spy movies, but I'm familiar with the obvious tropes that they fall into, and this yeah. seemed to avoid them uh, after a little while. After all, um, kind of I don't know what you felt about this. I just felt kind of it focused on they're basically they're only. What would you say? Three or four characters in the story. We've got Herring, we've got Kleiner, and then we've got the um, head of the scientific research facility. Those are kind of your three, 
three main players, aren't they? Yeah, those are pretty much the and the. I guess this is the first time I'll spoil it. The monster. Uh, it's pretty oh yes, it. okay, yes, the monster. Um, I don't know if you call him a character, but he's a monster. Yes. <laughs> yeah. So um, the reason why I would say kind of this is kind of like a spry thriller meets the theme because the um, very much like the thing they're kind of at this um, frozen outpost. The the monsters kind of deep inside this research facility, and it's trying to get out. Yes, it is. I do, I really like that because I like between all my friends, I'm I'm known to love a bottle story. Like, uh, and if you don't know what that is, like an isolated story. Like if they're locked in a room for a whole movie, or if it's like a TV show about just a small island. I love that type of stuff where everyone's kind of like stuck together, and you have to basically all the tension comes from the people bouncing off each other. Yes, which I think is super interesting, and uh, it lets like actors or in this case like character acting and art shine so i really like that concept just like so that had me as soon as i realized we'd be spending most of the series in a bunker I yes love that type of thing and it kind of it also kind of ratchets up the tension it's kind of that line out of um the watchman is kind of um are they stuck is the creature stuck in there with them or are they stuck in there with the creature yes which i don't even know if they explained that like to the fullest. Like I don't even know if the creature in the end wanted to be in there or not. Like, did, I, yeah, I'm not sure. It's kind of um, it's it's you know kind of basically the 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 creature is able to infect um other people and they start kind of bleeding this kind of blue stuff out of their their eyes and mouths and basically takes kind of brain control over the and kind of the first time that happens in the comic book it's quite a um it's quite a shocking image i wasn't expecting that from this story um in terms of i was expecting it to be more of a spy drama than kind of like a sci-fi horror thing yeah that was a super i think a really good twist because it happens uh in the middle of a page and he sits down to interview a guy which he's obviously going to do because it's his job and then he starts asking him questions and the guy just says open the door and his eyes turn blue and he starts like bleeding out this blue like string stuff yes that was a really good reveal i really liked that reveal and in general i think the the monster is pretty well designed yeah yeah Yeah. it makes it pretty scary pretty original too i would say yeah um it's it, it says a lot about what's his name what's the name of the Russian spy master again? Is it Kleiner? Kiner. Kiner, Kiner. That I was slightly more afraid of Kiner than I was of what the the monster was doing because he just he looks absolutely kind yeah. of like determined and I think I don't know if the right word is zealot, but he's just kind of like he's absolutely um kind of hardcore, you know, this is my job, this is what I'm gonna do, I'm gonna make sure that I catch everyone that's trying to attack. Um, my country. Yeah, he's he is more menacing, I think, than the monster. At least for the first like three issues, because he could just shoot you. <laughs> the monster yeah. would have to like torture you or like whatever, like mess with you. But he'll just shoot you, and you don't know. And there's that fifty fifty thing going where you don't even know if he's onto him or if he's gonna be onto him soon. Yeah, that that was so well done. Kind of that that interrogation scene where. Kiner and Herring are kind of like sat across from each other in this this kind of battle 
of wits and he's gonna he's kind of kind of break first i thought that was superb superbly well done yeah the dialogue's pretty sharp in this whole thing honestly that was a standout scene but this i really like the 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 dialogue in this i like the the woman the 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 leader of the scientist kind of woman i can't i don't remember her name at all her introduction line is hilarious because herring comes in alone and she just says, I asked for a whole truck of you perverts. And I thought that was hilarious. <laughs> yeah, it's, uh, it's fun. Um, like, you know, just kind of referring back to the Americans, she very much kind of reminds me of uh, the American uh, Russian spy master. So I, that's kind of like, uh, I kind of know where they're kind of getting their inspiration from with that, um, with that character. But it was you know, still, she, she adds kind of some of the best lines. Um, in the book, um, I felt that this story, that the pace of the story was really good in terms of like, it just, for me, I, I, I just zipped, zipped through it. Yeah. I read it all in like, I read the first half during a car ride and then walked in my house, sat down and read the second half. Yes. Cause it, it was very, uh, it pulled me along the whole time and it's quite short. So it'll, it'll like force you to read it in one sitting. Yeah. And it's, you know, it's, it, it, I mean, it is quite short, but I think it's, for me kind of sometimes um a comic book can drag and can kind of be slower pace but for me even though i kind of read it quite quickly it's quite it's also still quite satisfying as well it's kind of a really kind of sometimes you just need to read something where it's a bit of escapism and for me this is just a, a perfect bit of um um i wouldn't say necessarily b movie but it's kind of that thing where it's kind of not necessarily too deep yeah like that like um like the weird fiction type kind of like the willows for me because the willows is like weird fiction and this kind of hits the same or it makes you think a little bit but also it's just a bunch of scary stuff and kind of stuff that doesn't make sense i thought it was that and a little bit of historical fiction which i always love like a good twist on you know like east berlin yeah i thought we haven't said anything i thought we did pretty well because usually we only talk about the art yes we haven't even talked about it yet (laughs) yeah so the um the art I think is remarkable. I think for me, the standout um, bit of the art is the coloring. So I want to give a shout out to the colorist. If I can find the credit page, I believe the colorist is Patricio Delpech. I think he did a superb job with the coloring, quite honestly. It's kind of, how would you, how would you describe it? It is so very moody like he he uh he does a lot of almost like as if he was working in black and white he shades almost everything with like this it doesn't look like ink it looks like like fog almost you know what i mean mm, yeah it, everything looks very foggy and gloomy and like there's shadows cutting through and the only light is coming from uh, which i thought is really well done is coming from like actual light sources so when there's not light sources on the page everything is very dark yeah i mean i'm used to kind of these days reading comic books that have been kind of digitally colored so i'm just trying to figure out how he did it whether it was inks but it looks very kind of like watery and fluid on the page it's either real or digital watercolors i don't know which uh, yes it's hard to tell i would like to think they're real but that would be really crazy if in the modern day someone was mailing their pages to their colorist and he was watercoloring them <sighs> i'm not sure yeah it's it's kind of um like for me, that's kind of one of the bits that I really appreciate because, it, as you mentioned, it does kind of um, 
set a real atmosphere, especially in kind of the early early pages. Kind of Berlin looks kind of dangerous and kind of full of intrigue, and then we get kind of sit down into the into the bunker, and again, kind of especially with the the, the effects, kind of like um on the on the monster kind of the, the design of the monster is I think really kind of terrifying when you when you put it into when you add the kind of like coloring effect to it if this book was colored worse I think the monster would be less effective because that blue glow from it uh, so you get that effect of a monster movie where you know if it's around the corner I think is really yes, good yeah everything starts to glow yeah I also love the way he he does he uses colors so in the first one of my favorite panels and the whole book is in the first issue it's the very last panel of the entire first issue it's like if you ended a tv show with like a slow zoom to a character's face during a tense moment it's it's just that bright red panel of just kiner's eyes yes and i thought it was very very like tone setting it told you so much and it was great cliffhanging he does that he does that red for the same uh the same type of effect when the the scientist goes and the monster's first revealed and he, uh, the guy gets like taken over or whatever's happening. Yeah. I, he's so good with color. It's insane. The reds and blues like contrast so well. Uh, yeah. Yeah. You're and right. I think the, you know, the other thing that, um, Estherin does especially well is kind of his, you know, we've talked about a bit before about in other comic books, kind of shot selection and kind of choosing which angles your um, presenting the, the characters at, and he does an exceptional job of doing both kind of the, the intimate um, conversational interrogation bits, but also the action scenes as well are also um, really well done. Yeah. Yeah. He does like the small action panels really well. I think a lot of artists that do good dialogue also do pretty great action because they have the character acting down and action is basically just mm. like po- multiple poses and like good character alignment in the fight because he does both of those so strongly i kind of like felt as if when they were happening they were almost the same thing the scene between kiner and herring where uh herring's getting interrogated is probably more actiony than any of the actual fight scenes to me and it was incredibly well done so i think those two things translate across pretty well yeah i think um yeah yeah he's kind of again kind of he's sat in that um i'm looking at the the sequence now he's sat in this red room i mean a room where there's kind of this uh glowing red light and you know he's um trying to to put bullshit his way through this um through this conversation and yeah it's kind of i love the the way he's um he does these subtle facial expressions as well, kind of like kind of, you know, looking down at him, you know, the, the eyebrows are kind of arched and he's kind of staring back at kind of, kind of, you know, with kind of um, this earnest disbelief kind of, you know, I don't understand what's going on here and you need to explain it to me, that sort of thing. Yeah. I mean, there's so many examples of incredible character acting, and I think the colorist actually helps that too because he's, I think he's the one doing this washy watercolor looking effect. Yeah. And I think that set, sets the tone for all the dialogue really well when you like are covering up parts of characters' faces with that effect. 
it's very gloomy and good and I don't know. I can't say much else about that. It's just like it's it's beautiful. I don't know how you could not like this. I think it's yeah. professionally done. And even if you don't like the style, you can you have to at least see that it's effective. Yeah, I don't think it's not like the the um I wouldn't say how anyone would be able to say that this is an acquired taste. There's kind of some art art styles that you'd say kind of well you can kind of understand why some people wouldn't like it. But for me this is why not being quite a kind of like classical thing there's much to be kind of admired about kind of the clean lines of the the human characters and kind of i think that contrasts nicely with this um with the the weird alien that twists up into these weird um weird shapes and you can't quite make out what angles it's approaching things from a good way of putting it i like that he's got a very odd like proportions and perspective and uh it does clash really hard with everything else in the book i just want to point out one more of my favorite panels just because i think it's awesome uh i think it was issue four no maybe it was issue three it's right after the kiner and herring debate or argument or whatever and there's just like it's when a herring asks kiner if he's seen it too and it's just a empty panel of just Kiner's like eyes looking sad or I guess I don't know exactly the emotion looking something and I thought yeah. that was a very a very cool way to do that it's a cool way to end a page to like leave that white space at the bottom yeah I don't know the art has a lot of like artistic choices that I feel like are experimental but work super well here and I can't really disagree with them in any way yeah it's kind of in in the hands of kind of artists that were kind of less capable this could have come up at come across as kind of very hokey and kind of bland kind of because there's not a lot actually happens in the story in terms of like general plot it's kind of you know they get sent back down to the bunker there's there's a bit of um bit of a, a clash and then you know Whatever you know, what happens at the end happens at the end. So it is really kind of a lot of it's about you know the way the the art um, kind of shows what the the characters are are going through. I think earlier when you said it was maybe a little B movie, it would have been a it would have a hundred percent been B movie with some mediocre art because I think the script kind of lends itself to that kind of genre. But this art, I think, elevates it into just being a good story. I would say I, I yeah. quite enjoyed it. And there's, um, I think something you mentioned as well, kind of the, you know, the characters, you know, our main protagonist kind of, you do kind of go on a journey with them as well. Yeah, you kind of, for most people, you get a small arc, even with the the woman, you get a pretty much an arc with every character, I would say. Maybe not a full, you know, not as full of an arc as with Herring, but um, you connect with them, I think. In a yeah. short amount of time. Yeah, I mean it's it is it's it's four issues. How many pages is it? It's 115 um pages and it just you just you just whiz you whiz through it. It's so easy to read, kind of the the, the pacing um is, you know I, 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 you know risk of repeating myself is I think pretty much pitch perfect. I would agree. I I don't think I've talked about the pacing, but it is it is very good. It's a it's like it'll keep you on the edge of your seat type of thing. I don't think there's a way unless you're strapped for time that you could read this 
not in one sitting. It is fast, but also it's it's like it's meaty. It's got a lot there. I think it's it's quite the package. So um, you mentioned you'd kind of heard about this book before. I think it's um, trade paperback. It's for collected issues. Did, you know, did because it's not it's not a um, comic book I'd I'd heard before heard of before before I came across it on Nick. Did you hear any kind of like buzz about it at all? Yeah, so I'm on the comic books Reddit a lot, subreddit, and there was a lot of talk about issue one, uh, mm-hmm. uh, like quite a bit, because that's kind of they, the people there, I think, are, I take their opinion as the larger comics opinion, and they like a nice like change of pace sometimes, yeah. even the average comic reader likes a change of pace from superheroes. But then with most, like with most things, uh, after issue two came out, I didn't hear a thing about it. So, which I think is kind of sad now that I've read mm, it. Yeah, it is. I mean, it is sad because I think it's, you know, for part of the reason why we're doing this podcast is maybe shining a light on books that deserve a little bit um, more publicity. And yeah, I, had, I hadn't heard about it at all. And um, I think that's kind of kind of a shame. Yeah, it's, it's just a lot of fun. You know, kind of, we, we've read, you know, some comics that have been quite heavy and deep. But for me, it was just... It's just a fun read. And sometimes that's what you want from your comic books. A hundred percent agree. That's often what I want from my comic books. I I think that a lot of people get too into like being overly serious with their stuff or being locked into one thing. And this is like, so it's just so refreshing. Yeah. Is, is, um, I think that you're, you're absolutely, um, right there. Kind of, um, comic book people like everyone else kind of you've got your genres that you like and you kind of stick to that but i think this is you know this i mean it's, it's so much fun it's kind of it's tense it's suspenseful it's got um tight characters as well so i mean uh tight plot you know the characters are kind of well drawn and um kind of everything makes sense within the world in which it's set as well yeah, it it's also really good because of that multi-genre aspect because you could get historical fiction people, sci-fi people maybe, uh, definitely horror people. You could get a lot of different audiences with this because it's like such a melding of genres. Yeah, and that's it's quite tricky to um quite tricky to get that to get that right, don't you think? Yeah, it's usually it's usually pretty hard because usually that you'd see like a like a sci-fi horror or like something like that, like two genres. But I feel like this is at least three or four because it's got all these crazy aspects. So it's um, it's a spy drama. It's kind of like historical um, fiction as well because you you know there's a bit about where he kind of talks about these um, protests that I hadn't I wasn't com- aware of these protests yeah. that he went down to Quasha, you, you know, there's a historical fiction in there as well. And you've got like the sci-fi element and then there's a really strong kind of um, horror inflection as well. And then there's kind of like the, um, the human, human drama that goes on within the, um, within the, within the story as well. Oh yeah. Very human themes. I don't know if I ever remember to talk about that, but the themes I think are like, they come across super clearly without being like in the dialogue. Like you hate when a book explains to you what it's about, but this kind of like, you'll know what it's about. It's clearly about like truth and regret and a bunch of things like that. Um, and it comes across so clearly without being hitting you over the head. Yeah. I think, you, I think definitely um, 
truth and regret are two to the, the main things. I think the other thing that kind of um that kind of came through really strongly uh uh for me as well as kind of the the monster is able to kind of like infect people's minds. So it's kind of what do you do when you find out who you really are? I think that's another thing that kind of comes through really strongly yeah. as well. I hadn't thought of that. I, I definitely think that's right. Um, yeah. It makes you like, it makes you face all the things that you don't want to face. Yeah. Yeah. Kind of who, who, who you really are. Um, so, I mean, I think that's kind of, we've been chatting for about, I think, 30 minutes i don't think there's that too much more to discuss about the book i think it's you know, i'd very very highly recommend this i think trade paperback do we know how much it costs have you got like the amazon listing there at all you vamp for a second keep going and i'll look it um, up yeah so i i very very would very much highly recommend this it's beautifully illustrated the the writing is very, very good. And, you know, if you're, if you like your spy dramas, there's something in there for you. If you like your um, comics to be fun, um, it's kind of, it's almost, I don't want to say it's like a Mission Impossible movie because it's, there's not as much action in this comic as a Mission Impossible movie, but it's kind of like those moments of like tension and, you know, um, that you get from spy dramas, you know, is it going to be discovered? Mm-hmm. And when was the last time you got a spy drama that like also kind of horrified you and there was a monster in it? It's pretty rare. Yeah, pretty rare. Um, I have read a few kind of um, spy drama comics before and, you know, the true monster is always man, unfortunately. (laughs) (laughs) You're right, you're right. (laughs) The um, paperback goes for $15. Oh, it's uh, well worth that. In the U.S., uh, Amazon. I, don't know, I assume it's the same. Um, yeah, I think it'd be. I also see. Oh, go on. No, no, yeah, go, go ahead. I also see just from a quick glance. I'm not going to get into it. It's got three stars on Amazon. Only seven reviews, but I'm going to leave a review now. <laughs> I'm going to buy it and leave a review because it's a five star book. I think. Yeah, I think it's a five star book. I mean, I I don't know if we've discussed this before, but I hate the five star rating system. I think it's bullshit. Um, I understand. Agreed. I, you know, I think the, the best rating system is the Dante Nero, Patrice O'Neill rating system, which they rate everything out 30, whereas um, zero to 10 is bad. 10 to 20 is okay, mediocre, medium. And then 20 to 30 is good. So like 15 would be something that's average. And then like, for me, this is, if I was scoring on that scale, this is like 27 28 i think it's a superb book it's so much fun and yes it's a it's a it's a, it's a great read that's shocking it's only three stars on amazon shame on I you know. guys only seven reviews oh, right okay. with seven reviews we could change that with just a couple of reviews so yeah so um i think it yeah. deserves better than that um yeah uh so i think that's it for strange skies of eastburn um what are your kind of closing thoughts on it cole I think there's a little bit here for everybody. I think uh, it's quite the enjoyable read. It's not. It's not too long. You can sit. You can sit through it and just clear it out in one, like maybe forty-five minutes if you like to linger on the art an hour. I don't know. Clearly longer, obviously, if you like to admire it. Um, but yeah, I think I think a lot of people would like this book. I think probably not a lot of people saw it, and it's not getting a lot of buzz, and maybe not 
the best reviews, even though there's not that many of them. But I think with a little exposure, this could be like one of the best books to come out recently in the serialized format. Yeah, I I, I would concur with that. Um, when I kind of announced that we were doing this book on Instagram, we did get a couple of comments saying kind of like it's a it's um it's a pretty book to look at, which it absolutely is. But yeah, it's you know I would I would highly recommend it so i think that the next book we're doing is one of your choices do you want to tell the audience what yes. that is so it is a collection of short stories by sergio i believe it's toppy or topi yeah um he's an italian illustrator it's called the collected toppy the enchanted world so it's the first volume and that's published uh by magnetic press in some really beautiful hardcovers, which yeah. I own the first two of, and they are awesome. I am probably going to download a digital um, copy of that because I've, I've looked online over here and they're, they're going for quite a lot of money over here. It's kind of like 30 quid, uh, 25, oh, 30 man. quid, which is at the moment quite a lot of money for me. So, yeah, guys, yeah. please, if you can kind of donate so I can actually start buying some of the books that we're going to um <laughs> There's a digital version on Comixology, so I'll probably download that. It'd be quite interesting to kind of uh, contrast and compare our experiences over that. Um, kind of any final thoughts, Cole? I'll give this tip now. I was going to do it in the next one, but I'll do both. The collected toppy books are out of print or out of like out of stock everywhere, and they're like a hundred dollars. But the publisher, Magnetic Press, has them all, and I just bought two of them for like twenty bucks a piece. Oh. So if anyone if anyone wants to buy that, I don't know where they ship. I don't know if they still have them, but about a week ago they still had them. Okay, so I will. Um, I'll yeah, that's a good tip, guys. Uh, uh, good tip, Carl. I'll I'll check on their their website because I was looking around and kind of like it'd be you know twenty five thirty quid and then kind of like shipping on top of that. So I'll, I'll you know there's a digital copy on Comicsology as well. Okay, guys, we'll. We'll speak speak to you guys next week. Yes. Yeah, thanks for listening, guys. Okay, cool.